Hey everyone, um, I know I'm only a few episodes into the Homeless Romantic Podcast with your host Luke Lingren, that's me, um, but I kind of felt like I should probably give a, a little bit more context, like why I started this, um, who I am, what I do, where I've been, all that kind of stuff, and also I kind of felt like the first few episodes, um, I'm still getting the hang of this, so I was kind of like maybe nervous or like trying to I don't know, cool or something. So like I wasn't as comfortable or as open as I am normally in a, in a conversation. Um, but anyway, yeah, I started it for a few reasons. Um, one of them being that I was put through a pretty messy end to a 10 year relationship. I was married, um, to someone that I truly, truly loved and really learned how much I loved that person through that process and learned a lot of other things too about life and relationships and all that. Um, I also pretty much feel like all my friends are cooler than me, and so I'm trying to trick them into uh, chatting with me about life and all that kind of stuff, and then recording it without them knowing. Not really. Um, and then third and third mostly, I don't know. I don't know why I started this. Um, maybe I'm just conceited or like the sound of my own voice, or I really don't know. Maybe I, I might have interesting things to talk about or share. I mean... Um, I've definitely gone through some pretty interesting things the past few years. Um, some have taught me things. Some are just outrageous and almost laughable at this point. But, um, yeah, I don't know. So that's kind of the deal. But here, I'll try to give the, like a short summary of who I am, what I do, why I started the Homeless Romantic Podcast. Which, Homeless Romantic, let's start there. Um, so the Homeless Romantic Podcast. What is it? Why did I start it? Um, well, right now... I'm sort of homeless. I'm sort of in search of where I want to live next, where my next home is. Um, my home previously was uh, with my spouse, with who I was with. And that most recently was in Alabama, which is not, uh, I don't have any family there. And the only reason to move there was for her family and, and stuff like that. And once that ended and I didn't have any family there and only had a few friends, I realized it was time to move on. So currently I've been living in Colorado for about six months. I'm not sure if this is where I'm supposed to be either, so I'm exploring some new places. So that's kind of the homeless part of the title, uh, just because I've been bouncing around for like a year and a half or something, uh, kind of mostly in Alabama, trying to work things out there, but then now elsewhere, trying to figure out where I want to live. And then romantic because, well, I've always been, I think, kind of romantic or kind of sensitive. I was basically raised by all women, um, so I connect with that side of things for sure. Um, and I realized how much I loved the person that I was with and realized, I think, at least I got a glimpse of how much I think I'm capable of loving in the future. So that's kind of where the name came from. I mean, it's a play on Hopeless Romantic. Hopefully people can figure that out. So anyway, I grew up in a small farm town in Ohio. Um, my dad was around for the first half of my childhood, and then the remainder, I lived with my mom and my three sisters, older sisters. So I grew up with all women. That was interesting, on a small farm. Weird combo, but um, anyway, uh, I was homeschooled, so I've always been pretty weird. Um, I've always felt weird. I didn't go to public school or really have any kind of normal social groups, so I, didn't, I don't think I really knew, like, I don't know what's normal, I guess, but that's fine with me. I think weird is good. Um... When I was 19, I got a job at an airline because I think I knew for a long time that I had the urge to travel and to see other places. And even if it was subconscious, I knew that I wasn't going to stick around that town forever. I love that Hartville, Ohio. I love that town. 
uh, but I knew that I think I'm ma made, made, meant, I think I was trying to say two words, uh, meant to be somewhere else. So when I was 19, got a job at an airline and went everywhere that I could. Um, sometimes I'd go places just for the day. I would fly to, I don't know, somewhere cold to shop for snowboard gear, and sometimes I'd go to Florida for the day just to go to the beach, whatever. Uh, you can do that if you work for an airline. Um, <clears throat> and then, that uh, around the same time, I met a girl on a cross-country road trip that you can hear more about on a previous episode. It's episode four, I think, with my uh, friends Corey and Josh from Ohio. And uh, we kind of recap uh, a lot of this fun road trip we took when we were 19. Anyway, you met this girl. We fell crazy in love for each other. Uh, we got married two years later um, in Ohio and immediately moved to Colorado, like three weeks after we got married. Um, we lived out here for, I don't know, two, three years. Uh, had fun. It was great. Uh, there were some challenging times for sure. It's, it's, a trick. it's hard to live in the mountains sometimes. And then um, we moved to Alabama to be near her family and so she could uh, finish college. And we were down there for six, or well, I don't know, she's probably still down there, but um, I was down there for about six years, and the past couple of them have been pretty traumatic, going through some stuff, and that's kind of why I started this podcast. Like I said before, I don't know if it's just because I like talking, or I think everything I say is interesting, but it's definitely not, um, or if I think I might have some entertaining stories or things that I've learned uh, along the way. I definitely learned I didn't know that much about uh, how to be a... a a husband or a companion or a partner or even an adult sometimes uh, so I think I've learned a lot more about that the past couple years but anyway I hope that gives more context to this um, I'm kind of floating around trying to figure out where I want to living for a few months at a time in different places trying to figure out where I want to live I have a little camper so I travel around on that and I'm hoping to sit down with more people and just learn about their story and what, what they've learned in life and what they think about love and you know all that kind of stuff I'm, I'm fascinated by it Anyway, I think that's about it, hopefully. I've probably talked too much anyway. Anyway. Anyway, I just said anyway three, four or five times in a row. All right, I'm done talking now. theme song you're like no i don't have a theme song um i thought about maybe just making one up every for every episode yeah but i don't really have an instrument right now other than that how much is it to license rage against the machines killing in the name of because you could just go with that it's probably something insane like 49.99 it's like almost 50 bucks they have like a black friday sale on it yeah that's the only way i'd be able to probably do it um well, this is the Homeless Romantic Podcast episode. Um, I really may keep a track. Episode something. Yeah. If it wasn't numerical, you could just have like episode blue, episode green, episode midnight. I had to get really, yeah, I'd have to get more creative with the colors eventually, though. Yeah. I can't just do primary colors. Well, I mean, midnight's not exactly a color, so it'd probably be fine. Fuchsia, cobalt. Anyway. Super awesome guest today. Who is it? Brian Moorhead. Brian Moorhead. <laughs> yeah, right? 
Yeah, funny story about that. The greatest day of my entire life when I met AFI for the first time and I was got surprise interviewed to be on their fan DVD. They were like, tell us your name. And I was having like the ultimate fan moment of my whole life. Did you forget? I pronounced my name as Fryan Muirhead. Like F-R-Y-A-N. <laughs> for absolutely no apparent reason. Like, my name is Fryan Muirhead. And you just see me say it and you can just be like, well, wow, that's very You think confusing. you were thinking like AF? AF Brian Muirhead? AF Brian Muirhead? I guess not Brian Moorhead, it is Ryan Muirhead. Yes. Yeah. And you, we're both in LA right now. You actually are here shooting at Dave Grohl's studio? Uh, yeah. I'm here photographing The Used. They're working on a new album and they're really good friends of mine. So uh, they invited me down to take a couple pictures of them recording. I have a funny Dave Grohl story. Let's have it. It was the first time Dave Grohl met me. <laughs> <laughs> He'll never forget. Well, I'm at the studio, obviously. I was on the phone at the time, and he came up to introduce himself. I was talking to my mom. He had to wait for a couple minutes, but he waited. We are chatting a little bit, just small talk. And then um, I was like, Dave, I've got a confession to make. I've never heard a Foo Foo Fighters song in my life. And he thought that was so funny. Uh, really funny, actually. I thought, I guess he thought it was hilarious that, like, I had never listened to his crappy music and didn't care at all. And then, um, he laughed for a while, just busted his whole shit up laughing, and then he, we're not friends anymore for some reason. <laughs> Your podcast is full of fake stories passed off as true. Uh, no, they're all true. What are you talking about? Uh, this is what I get for not listening to an episode before I came on, right? Oh, that's okay. Well, you and, uh, ev everybody else. <laughs> I had no idea. It's just a bunch of like aggressively mean stories that aren't true passed off as actual <laughs> conversation pieces. I would say that they're no, actually it's 80 to 90 percent all real stuff. No, actually it's almost all real stuff. Well, right now it's like 50 percent false, so we better say some true things in <laughs> okay, rapid we'll, succession. Okay, we'll up the ratio. Uh, where to start, man? Okay. We're, that wasn't starting? <laughs> We're starting. Wow. Okay. No, I mean... Well, I was telling you just the other day, your pictures aren't bad. Ooh. You should, be, you should think about becoming a photographer. You know. Have you considered that? I don't know. I mean, I should consider, like, turning it into, a, like, a life that sustains itself. I mean, I'm probably a photographer at this point, but, you know, I'm definitely not, like, out there giving it my best professional adult go. I'm kind of just crashing on. I'm staying with friends who are staying with friends and uh, trying to take a few pictures along the way. That's what it, most of it is right now. Well, I think for the most part, it's you're doing a good job. It's working out. And I don't want to set the bar too high, but I think if you do work really hard and really commit yourself, you could probably be almost as good as me or slightly worse as a photographer. Oh my I don't want to like disappoint you. I actually have a chart on my wall that goes from like the low end where I have a picture of Richard Avedon and it's like one of those fundraising thermometers Oh yeah, it just yeah. has your photo at the top and yeah. I move a little bar up and down based on how I'm feeling about my recent work. Okay. That's some lofty goals and I respect, <laughs> I respect you for even aspiring to that but no, okay, in all seriousness, um... I I talked about uh, Indie Film Lab and stuff um, on the first episode because I talked with Josh Motes and John Con, um, but that's kind of how we know each other. You were actually my first ever client at the Film Lab. I used to scan and edit your photos, right? Um, for a little while. Yeah. Um, the only thing about that I can sort of remember about that is boobs. 
tons of boobs, uh, and then I would scan it pretty much the opposite of what I was scanning everybody else's stuff. <laughs> like, everyone was light, pretty, colorful. Yeah. I, I remember the first conversation I had with the lab when Josh was like, man, try us out. The first thing was like, I promise, I promise, I promise they can be dark and moody. Like, I promise. Go and against the, your instincts of what you're doing. Yeah, and... Okay, so for everyone listening, the lights just, like, dramatically went off and on in a very ghost-like manner. And Luke was already talking about the place we're at being haunted, so yes. we're getting definite signs well, right the, now. There's a dog here that I... Is haunting I'm not place. even going to explain where we're at, where we're doing. It doesn't matter. We're in sunny L.A., Los Angeles, California, but uh, the dog is just barking at the corner of the room. It's spooky. And then that happened... The dog's not barking. What are you talking about? No, not right now. It oh, you're was. freaking me out. You're like, oh. and I that dog won't stop barking. You don't hear that? Okay. Oh, well, gosh. just got real serious. Yeah. Um, no, the first order I sent was uh, one I shot in my parents in the like the room, one of the rooms I grew up in, and it's one of the only times I'd ever shot at my parents' house, and I was shooting like nudes of someone that was staying with me, and it was like trying to, like, keep it on the down low and everything. It was all pretty... And anyway, the shoot was, like, real dark and moody, too, but my first order came back real good. Yeah. And then eventually John started scanning instead of you, and it just got way better. Yes. Yes. I'll never forget that day when someone else did better You're than You're like, me. something drastically changed. And Josh Motes was probably like, yeah, Luke, freaking quit this shit. He's out. He's out. He's on to bigger and bigger and bigger I, things. I, you know, yeah. Yeah, let's go with that. That sounds actually better. Uh, I think the first time I met you in person, we'd maybe communicate a little bit, but oh, we pulled God. up in like a stretch. I was stretch. high out of my mind, And we, felt we were a bunch of Alabama boys in like a stretch Hummer or something. We were filming the film show that season two, and one of the guys on the show had brought, um, what's it, what's it, what's the super concentrated stuff called? Like in, this is me knowing like nothing THC? about drugs. No, it's like... I don't know much about drugs. Hash. Oh, that's more... Con I thought yeah. that was just like the like economically <laughs> challenged version of weed. Oh, no, no. It's like way more intense. Oh, okay. This is me and you knowing nothing about drugs trying <laughs> to talk fun. about it. But no, he had brought hash and we had smoked it. And it was like the was kind... It, was it a sativa script from a Well, mirror? anyway, I went okay. and looked in a mirror and, like, didn't know who I was. Oh, boy. And I was just staring and staring and staring. I, like, went downstairs. I think I, like, put on a wig and, like, glasses because I was freaking out so much that and I, like... some southerners in suits show up in a stretch hammer. <laughs> and I walked out and all these guys that I had spent all this email time with and never met in person walked out. And I was like, be normal, be normal, at least be passable. And I was crazy high. I don't think... We we didn't know at all. We were excited to meet you. It was a, it was a fun time. You know, it's funny, too. Like, uh, we're not really, like, tight homies. We're friends, but it's not like we talk every day or anything. Is this, like, a revelation? Are you, like, breaking <laughs> the news to me? Listen, we're not really friends. I just thought you'd keep your composure a little better if you knew that you were sort of on microphone. Right. I didn't want to break her too much. No, but I do, I, maybe maybe you have lots of friends like this. I find it interesting, uh, all the different places we seem to cross paths. I mean, like, we've been, we've hung out in New York. Alabama. Alabama. We actually drove from across the whole country Joshua pretty Tree much. Joshua Tree to Alabama. Montgomery. We've driven scooters on, in, on Maui, like, bosses. Um, Iceland. Iceland. Cliffs in Iceland. 
Where else have we been? Well, Vegas a couple times. Oh, now here, L.A. And now L.A. You're right. We do have a pretty good list going. Yeah, it's not bad. I'm excited to where we might uh, end up hanging out in the future. It could be who knows where. It could be the Midwest. I feel like someone's got to show the Midwest some love at some point. Because, like, any photo event, any gallery show, any workshop, any conference, any anything, it's, like, full of people from the Midwest, and they're like, yeah, we're just so glad to not be there. And they're like, no one comes there. And I'm like, see, but you're leaving. Like, <laughs> Yeah. I know. Well, I feel bad. Okay, there are people that showcase the Midwest in a very beautiful way. But I think most people would agree with me when I say we should have chopped out the center of the country and just smushed the two sides together a long time ago. Oh, yeah. Like thinking? the Star Wars trash compactor. Just right. like mashed New York like right into San Francisco. Or if we would have pushed the country, smushed it together, it actually probably would have popped up in the middle and created some mountains or something. And just, you know what I mean? Like, Well, that's just smart. Man. I think that's actually how the Rocky Mountains were formed. So, oh, really? I mean, you know, like if we so want they to really it, get into it. Like, I think that did it. happen. Just, I'm sure there's someone in science that knows they're not plates that are like pushing against each other and going. How hard you know, is it? Probably like a subducting plate or something. You get a bunch of boats. I'm on guessing you have like 10, 20 million listeners and a bunch of science nerds are about to write in furious. Yeah, and actually, surprisingly, I actually have like hundreds of thousands of subscribers from the Midwest. Woo! I'm only like four or five episodes in, but it's really taken off. Okay. Now, um, I saw you probably what a month ago at. Photo, yeah, field trip, camp, yeah. Okay, that was an amazing plug for photo, yeah, field trip, camp, yeah. Um, Dot com. Yeah. Uh, Photo field trip? Yes. Um, Saw you there, and that was actually the first time, I mean, I've seen a lot of your work. I I, I don't know how, it was maybe a year or two that I was scanning your stuff or whatever, but I saw a lot of it. I've followed you ever since, obviously. Um... But that was the first time I got to see you kind of t- show show your work and then talk too, and yeah, it really adds a, a huge element, like a lot more context, I guess. Hearing you kind of just explain where these images come from, why you do it, all that kind of stuff, and just talk about how you feel, like how it feels to be human and aware of how kind of weird things can be. We talked about this a little bit the other night, but yeah, I think that's interesting. I mean, it was fantastic, man. I mean, I've always. Yeah, your stuff's great, but, like, hearing more of the context makes it even you know, better, you know? the speaking at conferences thing is, is a real weird dynamic. Because, like, the first time I ever did it, you know, when you literally have no idea what to do. And I got up and, like, was a mess. and I could, like, never do it. I kind of think. emotionally overwhelmed and, like, cried on stage. And just all the first time saying a bunch of that stuff, it was, like, way too terrifying but also really like, you know, you hate to say authentic because that means bullshit now. <laughs> but I mean like really like viscerally real in the moment of I don't know what I'm about to say. I don't know where this is going. And then you do it for like the 13th time. And I'm still trying to like dig deep and be honest about it. Like, but you know how to deliver it. You know what I mean? Well, and you... it's such like emotional and personal and weird content that when you know how to say something that, like, you don't want to say. James Mose, um, a photographer that was at a workshop with me, um, and he was, like, emceeing the thing, and I did kind of the same presentation. It was really emotional, really intense. And he was he was really insightful. He was like, how many times can you give this presentation before you're going to hate yourself? And I was like, yep. When you were talking the other day, uh, like, the balance of 
you feel like your job is to sort of like articulate some of these ideas and thoughts and like make it into this like more or less polished thing presentation talk but you feel like there's like a balance there's a healthy balance because if you do that too much it becomes stale or rehearsed or whatever and you want to keep it fresh and real i think even if you're the presentation that i saw at photo yeah fieldtrip.com photo yeah was um like you said you rearranged the order of your presentation like minutes before the thing and that's either because you just last minute thought i guess you wanted to be different or you wanted to like mix it up so that it wasn't so you didn't know what was... I don't know. You know, lately I've kind of been almost thinking of it in terms of, like, a set list. Because I, like, cause I get this mentality of, like, you can't keep doing this. You can't keep saying the same things. You know, you'll go... It'll stop being meaningful to you. Especially when it's such personal content. But then I also look at the stories I'm telling and I'm like... What you assembled to talk about was, like, the defining moments of your photography and life career. You know, it was the moments of biggest influence and what they did to you. Right, and it's yeah. like, what do you do? Cut those out to talk about your work? And I've kind of been thinking of it in terms of like, because I've seen the used play like 40 or 50 or 60 times now, you know, I've toured with them a couple of times. And it's like, they play the same songs, not exactly, but you know, they're drawing from the same like catalog of emotional artistic material for the 20,000th time. And like, doesn't it lose the sincerity? And it's like, in a way, it does, because you know how to pour your heart out like that, and it's not an immediate reaction. It's something you've done before. But in another way, it's like, no, this is the thing you made, and you're here to share it, even if it's not the first time. And in a way, like, sharing that stuff a little bit, like, to admit it, it's, it's a little bit of a performance. You know, it's like, right. this is a really personal thing that happened, and this is how I want to share it. I think, like, I've seen, especially with bands, I've seen bands even have a performance that is them, uh, if you haven't seen their show multiple times, it looks like they're, like, really, like, bleeding on stage, like, for real, but it's actually for the performance. And then there's some artists that, like, really do that every time, which a lot of those artists cannot maintain that. Like, you can yeah. only be, like, opening that wound so many times before you have to, like, move on to something else or whatever, but, yeah, yeah it's a weird thing, man. Weird, weird thing. Anyway, what else do you want to talk about? What else do you want to talk about? <laughs> oh, wait, that's my job. <laughs> oh, wait. You said you would have questions ready for... I mean, that's what you could say to me. You could demand the questions I was supposed to prepare. You said you were the one that was going to be conducting the interview. <laughs> that's that's just the office. We can just say all our favorite office quotes oh, right for 20 minutes now. Actually, there were a few things, but... Um, one of the things I took away from your presentation at... Um, I'm just going to make up a different name every time. At... Yeah. Um, yeah.com, photo field trip, yeah. Yeah. Photo, yeah. Uh, was, um, I think you're more, this is just my take on it, and you can disagree or... I disagree. Whatever. Oh, wait, should I wait till the end? It would be ideal if you could just leave it. Go again. Okay, but... <laughs> okay. Um, no, how just kind of insane and weird, I feel like you're maybe more in tune or more sensitive or more just aware of how crazy alien and weird it is to be human at this time at this place all just how bizarre it is and a lot of people i don't think are very aware if at all maybe sometimes of that um and i think i can connect to that on some level hearing you kind of say it in a more concise way like you've obviously kind of like thought it through a little bit more i'm like oh yes like 
some of the things you kind of talked about, I'm like, I could really connect with or relate to, I guess. I don't know if that kind of makes sense, but. Yeah, it's, I don't know, man. That's a hard thing to even, like, get into and talk about. Because <laughs> so I, like, I don't mind. But the big picture, like, summary of it is we're these things that can love and interact and create and laugh and bond and make such good art and make such cool buildings and expand our civilization. And, you know, you think like, yeah, we're this thing. This is it. This is what we do. And then you pull back a couple of steps and you're like, you're conscious and your smartest people come to you and be like, hey, the thing you're doing right now is killing the thing you live on. And we've collectively come back to be like, fuck it. And then I get this, like, view of humanity, like, we're a virus. Like, we don't deserve to survive. We shouldn't make it. If people die, everything else on Earth will do better. And then I get this, like, how can that be my friends? And the thing that produced Picasso and Michelangelo and the Empire State Building, like, how is that the same thing? And it really freaks me out because I don't have an answer. Yeah, I mean, it, it is wild. I think, like, for me, I was in this life, which is kind of uh, the, the whole reason this podcast, well, I don't really know the real reason, um, is I was in this life that was pretty normal and thought was pretty, um, like, going to be there forever kind of thing. And that now that that's all shifted, it's kind of opened my eyes to a lot of things and kind of can be overwhelming and freak me out just how many variables and possibilities and just how... Yeah, just the endless, uh, endless possibilities of life. I don't know. I get overwhelmed thinking about it. But yeah, I agree with you, man. I think like our planet, we're the only ones that are like really like doing all this damage. Um, it would be much better if if it was just all the little critters. <laughs> I know. I'm like how. how it's so hard to say that because it's mixed with this. Like that's obviously true. No one else is going to drive every species to extinction. You know, storks aren't going to build nuclear weapons and be like, if we have a bad Thursday, like, all life on this planet is over. But then it's mixed with, like, such incredible beauty and humor and possibility. And it's like, we're like the ultimate beautiful cancer or something. (laughs) We're like lung cancer that's, like, overwhelmingly beautiful. Oh man, this is probably a really cheesy analogy, but it's like, yeah, it's all this awfulness that can compress down and then all of a sudden like beautiful gems are produced because of it, because of the pressure and like all the craziness. But so there, there are beautiful things being made because of some of this stuff, but still, yeah, the whole thing's really confusing. It doesn't seem like it's supposed to be that way, but anyway. And, and then, and then the ultimate like, fuck you of it all at the end is like, Yeah, but, you know, even the people who have been, like, the most crushed by it produce this art that is so beautiful and connecting, it's, like, overwhelming. You know, it's, like, transcendent. Like, they produce masterworks of reaching across time and space to connect people to each other. And those people, for me, would be, like, Van Gogh, David Foster Wallace... Kurt Cobain. And it's like, it's how like, did that work out for him? It's like, they all killed yeah, themselves. Yeah, it's like, only because of this, like, intense affliction and pain. Yes, they did make that thing, but only because of these not good things. Right, and did they... Was it some Jesus action where they're in a better place and they 
brought the world together in a connected, beautiful way? Or does nothing mean anything and they made the most connected thing and it cost them their sanity and their life? Yeah. And then that's just a, like, fuck you to feeling because it's like, oh, yeah, this will really help everybody. You'll be in hell for it. I don't know if this is even remote. This is not on the same thing at all. But, like, that's what I feel about, uh, well, you know, the base of this basis of this podcast kind of is some stuff I was dealing with and I felt like I was tr- in a small scale trying to do the same thing take some bad things some painful things some hurtful things and try to take some good out of it but even though that's the best I can do that's like the most positive thing I can do it doesn't really help anything it doesn't really seem worth what I had to go through to take that little bit that I get to take from it you know a little bit of good that I get to take from it if that makes any sense but I don't know man Anyway. And that's all there is to do. Like, you don't get an answer. That's another beautiful and awful thing. You don't get an answer. Like, you're waiting for this, like, oh, this is what that all happened for. And it's up to you to create that. I mean, how do you think, like, Nirvana, like, and Kurt Cobain, like, how do you view that? Because, well, I know that he's your dad. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Big revelations coming out on this podcast. Oh, are you not telling people yet? Oh. How old was he when he had you? I I think it's still possible. Like, 14? Oh, boy. (laughs) He's a real slutty 14-year-old, though. Um, No, just, like, he didn't really find any answers. He, He did what he did. He made cool things, and he made stuff that people are stoked on, but it didn't, I don't know. It was just him putting things out there and probably trying to find his own answers, which he probably never really did, I guess. Uh, I don't know. I, do you think it really... Is it just nice that you can relate to someone that was just producing things in a maybe similar way, or do you feel like he came to any kind of conclusions? I, I Honestly, like him, David Foster Wallace, and like Van Gogh, I have all the same feelings for. That I look at some of the stuff they made, and I'm like, I'm here. Like, I get you. Like, you did it. Like... From between 14 years before I was born and, oh boy, don't, I don't want to fuck this up too bad, 130 years before I was born or whatever. Like, we'll have the editors and producers yeah, and fact check. Yeah, like you absolutely nailed it. Like I feel connected and understood and just in awe of how beautiful you did. Like you nailed it. Well, and that's a lot and of it times, wasn't enough to keep them alive. Well, for things that I appreciate, like films and music and stuff, that's all I need. I'm not looking for answers or any kind of anything I can just appreciate that somebody else went through something that I can relate to and then made something with it. But in a more beautiful, just universe, don't you wish the fact that they suffered that much and made something like that, don't you wish it would have healed them? Well, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I mean, but um, for now, anyways, I'm, there might be a time where I'm like, okay, this isn't doing it for me. I Someone has to have, like, figured this out or, yeah. like, like got to the light at the end of the tunnel or something. But for now, like, I can appreciate just other people that, like, can... were in relatable situations and made something with it, I guess. But I don't know. So anyway, let's switch the subjects here. Okay. To... What did you have for lunch? Um, my friend Alicia took me to this raw food daily place. It was, like, all vegan food, Los Angeles, and it was, like, way too expensive. And you're like, oh, this is so L.A., and then it's it like nine dollar carrots and like six dollar like lettuce. Yes, nice. and it was so delicious. <laughs> I just had tempeh everything. Man, I 
Wait, is that the frag? Is that frag stuff? Yeah, it's, you know, like fake meat. Oh, okay. I do like a lot of vegetables, man. I could very... I'm sorry, this is all over the place. <laughs> I don't care. That's an amazing turn. Like existential nothingness and are you going to keep going or kill yourself? And, you know, I do like a lot of vegetables. <laughs> There's no rules, man. We're just talking. I mean, I don't know if our... Yeah. Well, our conversations sometimes take turns like that. But... Well, I can talk about the difficulties of being a vegetarian that hates tomatoes and mushrooms. It's like, oh, no, don't worry. We have a lovely bruschetta. We have a portobello burger. I'm like, oh, great. That's so accommodating. I hate that. <laughs> so, I like food. Let's that's, really, that. that's really the end of that Let's story. talk about that for a second. Um, for me, like, uh, I grew up on a small farm, and we were, okay. I kind of realized my mom was kind of the ultimate hipster, because she was way hipster before hipsters existed. Go, Luann. Um, we grew all of, grew a lot of our own food and all that kind of stuff. I did, she would always make these giant salads. Is like what she ate most of the time. So I think that's maybe where my love for like vegetables come from. I really do like that stuff. But I, the older I get, the more I think sensitive and attached I've become to animals and pets and things like that. And yeah, I just realized um, we don't need that stuff to survive. And uh, for the most part, the things that I prefer to consume are not typically that. So, you know, yeah. if you just want to jump straight into things that no one wants to hear about, let's do it. <laughs> my, my number one, like w wild thing about that is like, so what would be the ultimate, like, all right, we're going to put something about environmental issues right in your face. You know, like Al Gore's an inconvenient truth. Like, all right, we're going to win an Academy Award for a movie about polluting the planet. The number, I mean, I don't know if it's the number one, but it's so close to the highest form of pollution is animals raised for meat. It's like more than all forms of transportation combined. Oh, really? And they don't even mention it. Well, it's like on this level of like, listen, no one's going to stop eating bacon. So just like, fuck it. Like we might as well not even talk about it. All the, the well, I mean, I, I don't like, I don't really like to talk about it because it's just one of those things. No, but we don't have to. I, when I became a vegetarian was from absolute depression where like I really didn't want to be alive like at all and then I was like sitting there eating I was like I wish I was dead I wish I was dead and I had a hamburger and I was like this thing died to keep you alive and you don't want to be and I was like oh really that really made you feel like oh yeah and I was oh, like oh fuck I can never eat this again It was like it was like overwhelming of like a thing gave up its life that it would have gone on living to sustain yours and you don't even want to be here and I was like well that's done. Um, yeah, this is not a that similar situation, but that's like I was uh, sort of complaining to a mutual friend recently about the so-called stresses or anxieties of my life, and then I saw a homeless panhandler dude and his little cardboard sign blew away from a gust of wind into a busy intersection, and I thought, that dude's having a way shittier day than I am. Shut up. Be grateful. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, man. You know what's another tremendously weird thing about being human to me? Is that you can identify levels of suffering. You know, you can be like, here's the starving kid, and here's your yeah, hitting yeah. every red light. And the perspective is like, 
nice to be like, oh, that's not as bad. But suffering is absolutely not comparable. Like, it doesn't work. To, like, you take in that someone has it worse than you does not alleviate your suffering. It doesn't. Let me try to make, let me try to make sure that I'm understanding you. Are you saying that, like, because one person, when uh, they're, the $900 jeans they really wanted were sold out in their size was really devastating to them, whereas someone else's situation where, like, say there's the dude that his sign blew out in the intersection, maybe he's just not that worried about it. Yeah. So it's like, are you, that's not your kind of I mean, objectively, like, you know, from like the God one. perspective of looking at it, you're like, oh, this is definitely worse. But when you're like having, you know, when you like lost your job or whatever, and it's like crushing, and then it's like, oh, this person has a terminal disease, you know, it could be way worse. Like, there isn't a universal, like, suffering scale where you can just compare it and it takes yours away. Like, it doesn't work. No, it doesn't. I've had, I feel like, some really, uh, like, basic or almost, like, juvenile sort of uh, lines of thought recently. Like, just, I, I have people that I care about that are losing family members who devoted their life to something they really thought was good and and devoted their life to others, and they're dying of cancer, you know, out of nowhere. I've lost friends suddenly due to accidents, really, really good people, and then I've had people be just awful, to me personally even, or just to whoever, and uh, I don't know, that's a really, like, I know the whole, like, life isn't fair and everything's, you know, imbalanced, but there's been a lot of that in a short period of time uh, this year and last year that, like, I just really question, like, none of it makes sense. Right. I don't want to ever be like, well, what's the point of trying to be good or be nice or be kind or like I wouldn't want to get to that point where I'm like well fuck it doesn't matter anymore but it does sometimes it is hard not to just be like why like I don't know I know <laughs> just, I mean everything is is this is like a depressing podcast now I'm but sorry, it's, no I don't care but it's really like this unanswerable mess you know because you get to this like well, okay, you know, like, life's not fair, and no one can actually give you an answer, and no one's, no one's going on, so the only thing to do is follow your internal compass. You know, just like you said, I get to this point where, like, well, fuck it, I can't prove anything, and who knows what's going on, so, like, who even cares how you treat people? But I have this, like, internal compass of, like, I want to be good, I want to be kind to people, I want to be decent, I want to work hard on something, I want to care, I should do that, and then you want to, like, you know, I speak at a lot of events, and it's like, you want to get up there and be like, absolutely just follow your internal compass but then you meet people who are like well i want to be a i want to be a billionaire and i'll crush anyone who gets in my way that's what my internal compass says and then you're like oh god don't do that okay <laughs> everyone is like a good person follow your internal compass and everyone who's a shithead like you should definitely like not be who you are okay, be well, someone on. else be someone better ryan it's <laughs> pretty easy to weed these people out at your next talk just say Hey, everyone that has a good compass and is a good person, raise their hand. Tell those people to do it, and then the rest of them that don't, just If don't. you're not, don't be you. Just pretend like you're good and do what they're doing. Be like, if you're not that, whenever you are going to go be you, do the opposite of that. Right. Okay, we just figured that out. So can yeah. we move on? Yes. Okay. Wow, yeah. we solved a major issue. That was easy. What do you want to tackle next? What do you want to taco next? What do you want to taco next? I guess we could do the energy crisis. Want to solve that real quick? What do you want to solve? We can solve anything. Um, yeah, sky's the limit. I'll probably cut this long pause out of it. No, you should definitely leave it because it's a lot of 
Well, honestly, you're right, because we just kind of slammed so much, like, revolutionary knowledge into the listeners that they're going to need a little breathing room. Just a process. We can just solve, like, if you want something that's bad for you, who's at fault? Your fucked up brain or biology? Because, you know, it's like, yeah, you got to get better. you got to be more Expand in tune. you got to have deeper experiences and connect with yourself better and realize what's good for you. And I'm like, that might be true. Or it's like, fuck biology. A million years of humans fucking and reproducing produced a machine that wants shit that's bad for it. And we're never going to beat that. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. It's getting dark. It's getting dark. Hopefully an asteroid will just hit the planet and destroy everything before we have to deal with any of this too much longer. It's like dark time 30 o'clock right now. Dark Um, time 30 o'clock. That's such a good name. (laughs) Yeah, it's the new war documentary that I've been looking at. That does sound like one. Dark time 30 o'clock. The story of a heroic group of dogs that rescued a... whole thing was shot in infrared in Iraq. Whoa. Infrared dogs? Let's talk about the fact that the word is infrared and how awful that is. What do you mean? Infrared? The word. Wait, it's I-N-F-R. It's infrared. What is your issue with this? I'm sort of not Shouldn't following. it be infrared? Like we it's all infrared. say it. Just so easy to say, oh yeah, it was infrared. It's not. It's, it's... infrared. Okay, if you're listening, whoever invented that word, it's okay. We will forgive you. Just change it now, because that's how we say it. It's yeah. not that hard. It's like, Actually, no one will you know, even notice. It's like February and Wednesday Day and Infrared. You know what word I can never spell is restaurant. Every time I cannot do it. Well, I've never had a hard time with that one. The yeah, word... no, I get it wrong. I get it so wrong that my phone can't fix it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you've, you've fucked it up so many times, autocorrect can't remember which is the right one. Oh, anymore. well, there's other words. I don't even know which ones it replaces at this point. Uh... Anyways, we're, you know what? Not... I definitely have one of those, and I can't remember what it is right now, and it's really bothering me that I spell wrong every time. Oh, there's some word, I forget what word it is. It's either like someday or something, some general word like that that I've apparently capitalized so much that I don't know how to tell my phone to stop making all caps. <laughs> so, like, I, I yell that word every time. <laughs> wow. Wow, we just, we just swam through a lot of different, different things. Yeah. Yeah. That got real. We're just keeping it real. Man, what else, dude? When do you think we'll hang out again? And let's try to predict where. Um, okay. Like, next for sure time I will see you. Is there a next for sure time? You're not going to the workshop in Tennessee, are you? Okay, so not that. No, no. Um, oh, sorry. I'm nodding my head, no. Oh. Uh, sure next year at Photo Heck Yeah Field Trip Camp. Dot com, yeah. I don't know if I'll be there. I don't know if I will either. I don't know if I'll be there, photo, yeah, dot com, Hey, yeah. if you're listening, you should probably invite us both, and if you run that event. Yes. I'm sure if they choose to do it again, that you will definitely be there, and... Oh, you're sure? Wow. Yeah. Why, why not? I, I, it's like I have more, it's like everyone has more confidence in you than you do. Yeah, that's pretty much Oh, that's like your case. thing. Sorry. Oh, that's your thing. <laughs> That actually is my thing. Dude, my brain will not stop trying to think of the word that I always spell wrong. And I'm like, let it go. It wasn't even that interesting. We'll but I'm devoting back. like 80% of my mind to it. Okay, please. 
please don't devote any less to it right now. It's not this, but I always wish that in between was one word. Oh, yeah, I know, because like, I... in between. But it's not. The word, the definition of the word itself makes me feel like that word especially should be one word. Yeah. You're like, you don't want a space in between in and between, because what goes, you know, in between there? Oh, man, what was I stalking? What was... What was I stalking? No, 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 what was I... Th- I was talking to my buddy of mine just the other day on the phone. Oh, he was saying, um, he used the phrase pretty sure. And he's like, I'm pretty sure I'm using pretty... Sh- we're using the word pretty sure wrong. I'm beautifully sure. Yeah, right. And so I was like, well, did you try Googling I'm pretty sure I'm using pretty sure wrong? Which he did, and that just opened up one other can of worms. But are we using that wrong? It doesn't seem right when you think about it, right? Pretty sure. I'm pretty sure we are using pretty sure wrong. <laughs> That is weird. Okay. Well, lots to think about from this episode. You know what? We're really just giving people some food for thought. They can take it, digest it. We'll probably message us on the forums. Get an answer that way. Yep, forums. Oh, yeah, man. I mean, we've got... Well, as you can see, we've got the audio engineers and the producers in the room. (laughs) (laughs) And then... There's a bunch of... D-list celebrities here that we haven't even allowed to speak yet. I mean, I already told you how, like, basically Dave Grohl keeps texting me and I keep ignoring him. <laughs> um, what are you gonna do next? Um, I am flying to Las Vegas, uh, Sunday morning, Easter Sunday morning. Oh, I didn't realize, I thought you were just going home. To shoot with my friend Rachel. Oh, Rachel. Oh, Rachel. I've met Rachel before. Where'd you meet her? Oh, film show. I'm sure I've seen her a few times. She might not know who I am, but... Um, she was at that film show thing and yeah. the party for that. True, true, true. That was my empty whiskey glass. Yeah. <laughs> and that glass was to the brim full. Oh, yeah. That was 11 ounces of whiskey, so... Yep. I have a poisoned myself. <laughs> Um, I don't know, man. I don't have any other things really to talk about. I do enjoy when I get to see you. I do feel like we have fun. We goof around. Have good conversations. Even though, uh, I can't say that I, we, not in a bad way, but we don't really communicate on the reg, I guess. On the regs. (laughs) On the reg. I mean, we're not like tight, tight hump. I mean, we're good. We're best friends, obviously. Or, well, I should say that, um... I'm your best friend, but it's, I... Do you have a best day of your life? Uh, that's, that's a good question. I have a worst week of my life that I recapped with Ashley Kelman on another episode, which really is a lot of stuff that you all hit at once, but best day of my life, that is a good question. Man, I wish I had a prepared answer, because I'm going to have to think about it for a minute. Best day of my life. It's hard to say. Can I say this? Yeah. I don't think it's happened yet. Whoa. It's beautiful. Well, I can say that I thought maybe I had one, but it's been redefined at this point. So, I guess maybe it hasn't happened yet. Is that fair to say? I mean, no, everyone should have a best day up until this point, but... Yeah. Hmm. I I don't... I can't think off the top of my head, man. Do you? Um... 
there's a couple of contenders. Um, one time, uh, the AFI did a like fan club show in Hollywood, and Hunter, the bass player, wrote me and told me I could come down and photograph it. And we hung out with him, and my favorite song forever, had, up to that point, it was a song called But Home Is Nowhere, that they like never played live. We were hanging out with him in Hollywood, really close to where we are now, actually. And I was, like, asking him, like, are you guys going to play that? And he's like, we're not, we're not. But then I went to the show, and it was only for, like, 250 people, and everyone was, like, hardcore fan. It was a really small show. And, this like, one of the second to the last songs or whatever, they were like, we're just going to take a fan request from the audience. And everyone started screaming for all these songs. And it ended up that they played But Home Is Nowhere, which was, like, and I was, you know, like, at a small show for a fan club, seeing my favorite band, hearing my favorite song, and, like, knew someone in the band, and they had, like, asked me to come down and take photos and stuff. And I was, like, I was kind of blissing out. I was, like, this is the greatest thing that has ever happened to me. That is pretty dope. As you know, I also have a lot of famous friends. Yeah. <clears throat> um, I'm not saying it's even, like... You knew the robot from Small Wonder, right? I don't know what any of that is. And Not the human girl that played the robot, but the actual robot from that TV show. Oh, I guess she was like a fan of mine. I don't know. It was hard. <laughs> no, I mean like, I wouldn't say this is like my favorite day. It's maybe top ten, but like one time, Pierce Brosnan texts me to come over and hang out. We watched like the whole first season of Will and Grace. Just like <laughs> binged it. It was just, a, it was just like, it was a really low-key day, but like super fun. So I can relate to what you're, to that story that you Did just Did you guys told. kiss? No, it's just like mild hand stuff. M mild? <laughs> yeah. Not spicy hand stuff? Not like, yeah. So I guess like, yeah. Man, that's almost, should I be sad that I don't, that I don't, I don't have like a, a time or memory? No, I know that I do. Man, I don't, I, I won't even like get into detail. I mean, some of my favorite times has been, I can think of three different days with, two different people um so that's two days with one person one day with another person oh my god math just came into play okay well carry okay. that to divide by it. <clears throat> um simple things man it was a beautiful sunset and a beautiful location with someone that i cared about um you're right that's awful you've got to get a better memory I'm basically just reciting dashboard conventional lyrics <laughs> at this point <laughs> like no her i know hair it was everywhere I was literally screaming infidelities. Yeah. Um, what does that mean? I don't understand. It's like screaming infidelities. Can I say that? I love your sister! Okay, the person's house that we're staying at right now, I'm, I hope she doesn't hear this. Maybe I'll edit it out because I think maybe her speakers in her car got messed up because we were actually listening to Dashboard too loud, like, Two days ago. <laughs> Dude, everyone's done the, like, way too late Dashboard listen party where you're just screaming the songs. Can I say this? Um, I never listened to Dashboard when they were, like, popular. I remember uh, when I, I was in a band, like, ten years ago. Nothing big, but we would tour a little bit. And I think we were staying in another band's house out of, like, another city that we used to play in. And they thought it was super funny. There was a unplugged MTV Dashboard, like, video like, and I don't know, I was like, Dashboard Unplugged, because the early stuff is, like, pretty acoustic yeah. anyways, and, um, there's just all these just, like, screaming, crying girl fans uh, in this video, and we just thought it was super funny, and 
And that's the whole story. Ironically enough, your band you were in at the time named Windshield Professional. <laughs> Had it? See? I'm a fan. You were a fan. Yeah, no way. The fan, as I was known. <laughs> the fan? No. Hey, are you are a fan? We had the fan. He actually, we didn't have, like, this is before we had merch and any kind of anything. We had one fan that actually made his own merch. Yep. He came to shows. With That's a beautiful <laughs> level when someone's making their own t-shirt. You know what? I saw t-shirts, several of them, I think, uh, for our band at a thrift store one time <laughs> in, like, one of the towns nearby. Like, someone must have bought, like, I don't know, all the friends who were, like, they broke up. They were probably super heartbroken because they were so, such big fans. And when we broke up, actually, we didn't really break up. I just got kind of kicked out. <laughs> Doesn't matter. <laughs> so many painful memories. Yeah, I remember finding one of our own band t-shirts at a thrift store. Should have bought it. What was the band it. name, Luke? It's really bad. Okay. I didn't come up with it. It was... <laughs> yep, let's have it. It was called Carol Sun. Well, I was in several bands. Carol Sun? Yeah. That sounds like a mildly attractive, super rich girl that like went to your junior high. No, that sounds. Dude, you remember Carol of Sun? No, that sounds oh, like man. a one very. One time we went over to her gigantic house. She sounds like a very tub. modest, mid-sized sedan. <laughs> the Carol of Sun. That's the, way more the accurate. Dudes, so the dudes that started, yeah, the dudes that started the band, I think, um, I think it's that's like a city in India, and they. Had some experience there, and that's what happened. Of course, they did. It's a very... White people are always having experiences in India. They are, aren't they? I want. I wanted to have a like punk band called Cuddle Slut. <laughs> okay. I thought that would have been nice. Wait, I had an idea for a punk band, but it was a punk version of a different band, and there was a pun about it, and now I forget. Good story. Thank you. Is there anywhere that you want to go? Let me ask you this. When you think of a place to visit, like a location, like a city, country, whatever, is there something that would excite you just on the location? To me, I want my guess is not really. I I think you like people, you like connecting with humans, and creating with other people and things like that. But um, well, I'll ask you two questions, two parter. One, is there any? <laughs> we're really getting the ball rolling now. Uh, is there anywhere that you would want to visit? Like, what do you have a number one top place you want to visit, or is there a number one top? person you would like to collaborate with number one place i want to see is without a doubt hell because just to check it out i mean for all the descriptions of what's going on and who made it there sounds metal as like fuck. you've got to see hell it sounds metal as fuck it sounds like party as fuck it sounds like art central oh it seems like the decor will be fantastic <laughs> Just like I went to the LACMA, the LA <laughs> Wait, Modern Art Museum. I feel, I feel like it might not be too dissimilar, which I think is a word, to that hotel we did. The Artisan. Yeah, <laughs> yes. without a doubt. The Artisan Hotel in Las Vegas. <laughs> yeah, okay. I did drugs that night and don't remember a lot of it. But we, I went to the LACMA today, the LA, and like my favorite thing in the whole museum was this sculpture of Satan. That's all it said on the plaque. Like, Satan. And I was like... This dude's got, like, demon face, he's holding a dagger, he has, like, claws, gigantic wings, like, ripped as hell. And I was like, Shred. who doesn't want to meet this guy? <laughs> like, he seemed amazing, to be honest. Um, so hell, without a doubt, is where <laughs> I want to see, and who I want to collaborate with. In a serious answer now, the sure, number sure, sure. one person I want to take a portrait of living that I have not is Emmanuel Lubezki, the director of photography. He's my art 
hero. Okay, this is an interesting thing to me because you talked about this a lot for a long time ago. Like, you had these people that you looked up to that you respected that did things like the use, like AFI, these things, and like you are kind of like living proof that like you um, pursued just things that you cared about that you wanted to do, and you've actually ended up working with a lot of these people. And is it isn't I don't we can take this out if you need me to, but don't you have a connection with that guy as well? Yeah. Wasn't he like text text I am emoji emojiing? He was emojiing me. Um, nice. no, I got to meet him. And it was incredible. I didn't ask to take his photo or anything because he was working sure. at the time. I got to spend a day watching him work. But I mean, that's incredible, though. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I will say, mm-hmm. I've I've been pretty whatever if luck is the right word. Like I mean, like him, the used and AFI, I'd definitely be my my top three all time. It's not luck. And I, I don't think. I mean, there might be a small element of whatever people whatever luck is involved, but it's not that. It's. But I do know them all. Yeah, I, I think it's, um, it's not like, uh, that you don't have these, like, all these thoughts that it shouldn't be possible, that it's never going to happen, or whatever. I, I think you do, but you just, what you wanted to do, the photos you create, the art you create, has just led you that direction, and it's, I don't know, you, I don't know, you're probably inspired by those people, and you create things, you know, that might, maybe they inspired you to do, and it's just led you down that path, I guess. I think being out here is interesting to me because I actually, a lot of the people that I kind of look up to are basically like mid-level comedians, I guess. It's probably, a lot of my biggest heroes are people that most people have no idea who they are. And being out here, I'm like, they're, oh, they're doing a show tonight right down the road? Like, it's so close. It's like so obtainable and it's so crazy. And I'm inspired by when I hear the stories you tell about the people that you look up to that you ended up getting to work with. Because I think, oh, maybe I'll meet some of these people someday. Maybe I'll, maybe we'll, I'll work with them one day. Like, I don't know, you know? It'll be fun. Or I'll just move back to Ohio. You can never move back to Ohio. Everyone from Ohio, they love talking to other people from Ohio. Like, they're going to be like, yeah, man. O-H-I-O. They do that, and then they're like, can't wait to get back. And then they're like, oh, God, man, I got out, and I hope I never end up there again. You know, That's everyone I, I know from Ohio. I mean, I, I love where I grew up. I just, you know, I so most of my family's still there, and and they have beautiful lives there, and it's fantastic. And you know the town I grew up in, I really love, but for some reason, I had this urge to go out and do more. And I'm still searching for ultimately what I really want to do, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know what I was going to say next, but I had an idea and I forgot it. Beautiful story. Thank you. I'm actually really good at stories. Ever tell that story about how I told that story? <laughs> One of my favorites. <sighs> it was good. Hmm. Well? Do you have like a beautiful outro or something? No. There's no... It's not like the Academy Awards where like someone just plays... The music comes the on music and you gotta like, like wrap it up. Oh, and, oh, yeah. And we'd like to thank our sponsors. Um, Beef Sticks Incorporated. <laughs> Actually, Beef Sticks backed out. Oh, we lost Beef them. Sticks backed out? Oh, boy. Good Lord. What a wrap-up. Yeah. No. Gave them the old Beef Stick back out. I probably should have plugged the sponsors real quick. Okay. Um. Oh, we'll just go to commercial break. I'll add that later. Yeah. should thank Indie Film Lab for generously offering 95% off to anyone who listens to this podcast. 
just mention the promo code. It's oh. almost free. I was, yeah, we also need to mention TurboTax. Oh, yeah. Just for being there. They're what? actually not a sponsor. Who but would I just be look... the, like, funniest <laughs> sponsor to pick up where, like, they really did sponsor you and you had to plug them and you were, like, desperately trying to make it sound relevant? It's funny, man. Podcasts do get some random sponsors. and a lot. I It's to... always Squarespace. Squarespace! For when you need a bullshit website. Squarespace. <laughs> there, yes, a lot, Squarespace does sponsor a lot of podcasts. But I listen to like more like underground obscure podcasts, oh. probably the podcast you know. So they're heard sponsored of. by like meth. <laughs> no, no, but it is. Uh, oh, okay, ghost lights. Yeah, man. sorry to the, all the listeners listening. Just had another ghost attack on the house. Um, no, like there's like three or four mattress companies that I hear regularly on podcasts. That purple and all that shit. I don't even know what they're called, but yeah, I don't know why I'm plugging people that aren't giving us anything. I'm all, and here's other brands I don't support that you can let's buy because of capitalism start, that have given us nothing. Let's start just plugging the sponsors we want to have. How about that? Oh my god. Money.com. Money.com. <laughs> it's money.com. We're sponsored by money. Hmm. And who, what's like the ultimate sponsorship that would be cool, but like not an obvious one? I, I, I don't know. Yeah. What's the thing you'd do with a billion dollars that's ridiculous? Me? Yeah. I would, without a doubt, get a, like, super tricked out, like, 1980s Rolls Royce with a chauffeur. Okay, so yours is Because I, lo- I love riding in cars, but I hate driving. Can I tell you what I was going to do with it? No, I'd rather just think about mine. Well, okay. So, I would... I would pay someone a really fair wage to find out how I could maximize the most of that money to help the most people, but then I would buy myself one nice thing. Like a king-size Twix? No. That's a little bit more extravagant than that. I want a really nice pair of professional speed skates. Whoa. Four wheels on each foot. I mean the nice ones. The ones the pros use. Are there still pro rollerbladers? I'm not talking about blading, dude. What are you talking about? I don't about? get that bullshit. I'm a skater. I roller skate. You said four wheels. I just pictured them per foot. in a line. Four wheels per foot. Oh, four by fours, man. Off-road wheels. Can I say this? I actually, I've actually owned my own pair of roller skates for a long time, and I just gave them to Goodwill probably eight days ago. Whoa. They are black. They were high top with red wheels. Why'd you give them away? Because it's been 12 years since I've used them. I don't know. I've just been lugging around the country. Yeah. Well, we keep talking. We'll let it keep rolling, but we're probably done here. Well. Homelessromanticpodcast.com. Actually, don't go to the website. It's not up yet. Oh, yeah, actually. But you can subscribe on YouTube. On YouTube's? YouTube's? (laughs) You had to go with, like, an off-brand website. (laughs) Guys, what's on your YouTube's playlist? It's half video, half audio. <laughs> I've got uh, all the top 70s disco hits by the Ouija's. I've got... Uh, the Ouija's. Oh, yeah, all the bands are the like... Bro-Anse. <laughs> all the top... You say Bro-Anse? Bro-Anse. <laughs> you know, all those tunes It's Beyonce, but it's remixed so that you can do CrossFit to it. <laughs> Whoa, Bro-Anse. Uh, no, you actually... You, you, yeah, it's on, it's on iTunes. <clears throat> Anyways. But as a recap, nothing means anything 
everything's relative, no one knows why we're alive, and while we're alive, we're poisoning the thing we live on. And the greatest thing you could ever do is just, like, be nice to people and don't have kids. 